Hello, and welcome to Sisters, Sabres, and Star Destroyers, a podcast where two sisters talk about and bond over all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Sam. And I'm your host, Maddie. And today, we will be defending the prequels. Yes. And how they have some merits. It's no surprise, if you listened to our intro episode, that Maddie and I, we have a great deal of appreciation and love for the movies. So we just want to go over... A few points of why. And Maddie, you're leading this episode, right? So yeah. what's your first what's your first big point to defend these otherwise um, <laughs> iffy movies? Okay, so my first big point is the world it introduces us to. Because okay. before we had seen outer rim planets only. Tatooine, Hoth, I think is in the outer rim. All of those planets we've only seen because they're in the outer rim. And so the prequels bring us into a much larger universe by exploring planets like Naboo, Coruscant. These are all more wealthier and better off planets. And so it shows the layers and the diversity within the Star Wars galaxy. Now, I I agree with that. That's one of my main points as well. Another thing is, yeah, we see industrial Star Wars. Obviously, like the Outer Rim, it's pretty run down. But in the prequels, we see the cities, which is, a, I mean, Coruscant. The concept of Coruscant is so interesting. Would not want to live there, but no, it's very dirty. Cool. But we yeah. see that. And then we also see like the, you know, droid factory. Like we see things being built. So yeah, it takes us to the core. And whereas I think the, the originals, are focused on they're the people on the fringe of society you know yeah. it's like the the western kind of like the western kind of style whereas this is we get to see the upper class aristocracy politics yeah um, that's my other point is the politics we see the senate building and like in a new hope i think they mentioned the senate but they, yeah i think they um say like oh they we the emperor just disbanded the imperial senate or something Something like that, yeah. So we know it exists, but actually getting to see what it looks like before the Empire is just such, that's so cool because, first of all, how the Senate works is just very I interesting. love the design of that building. Like, it, yeah. it, it's it's just, it's so cool. Just the, the pods and how they float. Ah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add about the politics? Yet? I have a lot to add about <laughs> politics. Yeah. Um, so my, I think my personal favorite part of the prequel era is politics. Most of that comes from Clone Wars, and I am going yes. to really try and stick to the movies in this episode because yeah. um, we, me and Maddie are massive fans of the Clone Wars, and I think that's why we like the prequels so much, but I'm really going to try and stick to the movies. So my, my biggest point with politics is the prequels give us a story we don't often see in fiction, which is how a democracy falls. So many stories in fantasy and fiction are people from the lower class or from like the trodden down, you know, group of people overthrowing this authoritarian government. But in the prequels, what we get to see is how a government like that comes to exist which is something, it's very, sadly, very prevalent in society yes. right now. And so I appreciate that. It's, it's what the prequels does is it creates a full story arc with the original six, at least, of this is how the government falls and becomes authoritarian. And this is how eventually they get back 
to or they um, overthrow yeah. it and can have the potential to create a new republic. That actually, I totally agree. That ties in super well with my next point, which is something that detracts from the prequels, but really makes it what it is, is the discussion of politics. I'm saying it detracts because they were trying to market it to a very large audience (laughs) and the way they did it, like I see the Phantom Menace and I still don't understand everything that happens in that movie. There's like a trade blockade and it's all part of basically... My, and I'll let you finish, but my understanding of Phantom Menace is Palpatine created a situation to blockade his home planet, whatever, a situation that made them, that made the Senate not trust the Chancellor. And so that's how we got in power. And that's the point of that movie. Anyway, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And so it's hard to understand right off the bat, but I think it's kind of a hidden strength of the prequels is introducing how politics really play in Star Wars. And it's creative. Like, it's different. They weren't just doing this simple thing, like you were saying, of let's overthrow the government. They were just, it was very, it was more of a subtle way of introducing how the Empire comes into play. And then the creativity of the prequels is there because it's different. It tried something new. And that is another reason why I like it. Did it? win on all the dialogue no but it but it tried a different concept and to introduce a new part of star wars which is kind of what the empire strikes back did as well introducing new things that's just the empire empire did it way better of Uh, course (laughs) i still remember um and i don't remember what your i don't remember what your reaction was but that first time what we that we see clone troopers in the end of attack the clones and i was like those look like stormtroopers. Yeah, no, and that was my reaction. This connection in my brain of, well, this is an army for like the Republic, but they look like stormtroopers. And so knowing that where it was going, um, but just, I mean, just the way that Palpatine. Oh my gosh. It yeah. politics in these three movies is insane. And it's a lot of it's behind the scenes and we don't see it. And a lot of it also is the audience just has to trust that Palpatine is a complete genius that has been planning this but just my maybe my favorite part of the prequels is that whole is the the sequence of where Palpatine finally he's like I'm gonna we're in the senate Palpatine's like this will now be known as like the first galactic empire and everyone's cheering which is just fantastic and then how he also used that exact same the exact same war and conflict to then remove all of the Jedi. So he is both benefiting his political side and his political power while also benefiting like what he, his goals for like the Sith side of him. And he's yeah. just such an interesting villain. He's very smart. And I appreciate when villains are smart. Yes. Yeah. Like we see that from Thrawn as well. He's a Rebels character and legends and stuff. But whenever you have a smart villain, it makes the story more interesting because you you can see what he's doing. He's so manipulative. Palpatine is so manipulative, especially with Anakin. And so that makes Vader make more sense a bit, which is what the prequels were trying to do. They needed some help from Clone Wars, but overall, <laughs> um, they were able to connect Vader a little bit more to Anakin. You mentioned the Jedi in your last uh, yes. point, which brings me to one of my biggest points about the prequels, which is 
expanding the Jedi Order in the originals, it's a very, they feel very small. Like you have Obi-Wan, Yoda, Luke, and Vader used to be a Jedi. And so- Yeah, Force Ghost Anakin. Yeah, Force Ghost Anakin. And so you have really only four Jedi that you know by name. And so it feels like such a small religion. By expanding the Jedi Order, which kind of matches the size of the Empire in the originals, they're creating a subtle- similarity between the two and showing the flaws of the good and the bad side i mean ultimately the jedi order falls for the same reason the empire does reasons plural i guess because you have anakin slash vader taking out the leaders of both and then the arrogance of the jedi order and the empire also leads to the downfall of both and so you have this Uh, symmetry between the prequels and the originals so the similarities between the two just cause such a great connection yeah yeah i i agree the jedi are are the thing is is the, the prequels are such a complex piece of storytelling and i think that's part of the reason they flopped so badly but the um because you have the political side which is you know so intense and convoluted and complex but then you also have the jedi and they're supposed to be these big heroes in the originals they're really portrayed as we you want to restore the glory of the jedi order and these great jedi knights that protected the galaxy but then when we actually look at the prequels and most of this is done in clone wars as well but the the seed for it is planted you know you have obi-wan and yoda who are they're pretty good representations of jedi but then you have mace windu who you know, his, I, I'm, I get so annoyed every time I watch Avenger the Sith because there are so many ways that Anakin's fall could have been prevented. And especially that last bit where yeah. Mace Windu is like, well, if what you've told me is true, then, you know, I'll finally trust you. And this, that not, these Jedi not having trust in Anakin and blocking out emotions, right? Which never works, you know? No, <laughs> no. There's been enough awareness of mental health recently to be like, when you block out emotions, it never works. Well, Mace Windu kind of stands for everything that is wrong with the Jedi Order. The arrogance. Power and, you know, power being driven by that, the suspicion. Um, He's not going to let Palpatine stand trial. Anakin, who's literally on the verge of falling to the dark side, is like, shouldn't we have Palpatine stand trial and... Part of it is like Anakin's conflicted. And that finally, I think, really pushes him over the edge, right? Of like, Uh, well, here's this person who Anakin knows that Palpatine is a Sith Lord. And I don't think he's not in full support of Palpatine. But because here's Mace Windu, who's a Jedi master, he's the head of the Jedi Order, is not even following the Jedi's own rules. Is not, not following the Jedi's own rules. And so it really shows Anakin just doesn't have trust in the Jedi because the Jedi have lost their way and a lot of that comes from like the Clone Wars like the event itself is throughout those three years these Jedi and they show this in the prequels as well the movies like these Jedi have just been fighting and they're not peacekeepers they're fighting a war because for whatever reason the Galactic Republic which is a massive government didn't have a standing army which confuses me but I guess Palpatine created an army for them. And obviously it was Palpatine's manipulation that got the Jedi to become generals and stuff because putting them in a position like that, 
he knew was going to like corrupt a lot of the Jedi ordeals. But well, it was his master plan. It's why he's such a good villain because it was thought through. He had a pl- way to execute his plan of killing the Jedi and becoming like supreme leader, um, <laughs> the Emperor. And not so- supreme leader, Maddie. I know, I know. Movies. Oh God, I don't even like the sequels. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the Emperor. He had a way of becoming the emperor. Like it was all thought through, and it's so interesting to see. Speaking of the sequels, um, another thing on my bullet point. <laughs> hey, we it's we're positive energy on this channel. We we do think there are some good things about the sequels. We want to make that very clear. It's I, just that we are bigger prequel fans, and I think Maddie is about to say why. <laughs> I don't want to hate on the sequels too much because. They had, like Sam said, they have good points. I like Ray's character. Yes. But there is more of a reason for the prequels to mm. exist than the sequels. Prime example, Vader as an entire character makes the yeah. prequels exist. Um, and he is such an important character in the originals. He's the reason the Empire really falls. I mean, well, Luke helps with that, of course. But he's ultimately, his decision at the end of Jedi causes the fall of the Empire. And so we want to know the buildup to how he became Vader and then ultimately Anakin again. And the prequels show his growth as a character. There's a reason for them to exist in the sequels. Reason? Question mark? I don't know. Like Money. Money, I guess. (laughs) Um, I just there's not as much of a connection and so it's easier to take them away from the star wars universe but now i feel like the prequels are so intertwined with all of the stories that are coming out now that it's hard to just remove them and deny that they exist i agree and that that kind of goes off my earlier point of it's the prequels are showing how the democracy fell to become an authoritarian government so on one hand we have a very personal reason for a character we have anakin's history is a reason for the prequels to exist on the other hand there's an authoritarian government that had to come from somewhere and the prequels show how that happened so yeah and we just love the movies because even with the cheesy dialogue that sometimes can be really funny to watch and yeah attack the clones i just these movies are so meaningful they expand the universe um they cause depth to a huge character that was in the originals vader or they attempt some depth to his character okay i think they add it after watching revenge of the sith for the first time after watching the prequels and going back and watching the originals i definitely had a very different view of vader just because i mean even just thinking about revenge of the sith uh, as the movie i you know that movie suffers mostly from bad dialogue and i'm not the biggest fan of how quickly it seems like anakin becomes completely gung-ho with palpatine like, I don't know if Anakin would go kill. Or younglings. how quickly um, Anakin and Padme just are like, I love you now. Um, so I'm just talking about much of the sick. We're not even <laughs> yeah. going to talk about Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah. But I think just that whole sequence in Revenge of the Sith, I, I really just look at the, um, at the originals differently now. Because if the prequels make Star Wars, at least the original six episodes, Anakin's story. Yes. 
Yes, that was one of my points. Yeah. It's he, you could argue, is the main character in the first six movies. It's his story. Yeah. But also, but at the same time, what is so interesting is, is it, is the second one. Yeah, he's kind of like becomes the main character in the um, originals, but it's being told through his son. Son, yes. Yeah. And we're discovering all of this. So it's just, it's just so good just creating the connections between the two time periods is just really yeah. fun to watch and then yeah i was gonna say my last bullet point because we hit or there was two that we didn't really hit and yours but one of mine is just consistency and we've kind of been talking about this it was very planned out from the beginning the fall of the the republic is planned out and you can if you trace it back you can see the seeds planted in phantom menace and that's something that I really appreciate. A lot of it, I think, does get lost in the structuring, editing, and like dialogue of the yeah. movies. But overall, it's a very clear story arc. But also, we all know where the audience knows where it's going. But then my, my other last point is it created the potential for all of Star Wars that we have today, right? Because <laughs> I think a lot of it is because, this is my exact words, because of the crappy movies not being able to tell their story, well, holes needed to be filled. And from that, we got the yes. Clone Wars. And yes. After that, after Clone Wars, Disney bought Star Wars and now we're here, right? Um, having so much content because the prequels, I think, even though they're bad movies, they created a depth to a saga that had been planted in the originals and was there. But then it created even more of a just heartbreaking story arc. The end of Revenge of the Sith. The oh. end of Revenge of the Sith leaves me empty inside. Every, every time, time. Every, every time, time I watch it. There's every nothing time. happy about it. Nothing no. happy about it. Yes, Luke and Leia are born. That's great. But Padme dies for no reason. I mean, she dies because, um, you know, Palpatine takes her life force. But yeah, that's exactly. a whole other episode. So we have Padme's storyline, who... Never gets to come to, never gets to talk to Anakin and like no. figure things out and again. Then, There's no closure on that. Also, no one else in the, like, besides Obi-Wan, Yoda, and like, well, Vader now, nobody else knows how crucial she was to this fall of the Empire. No one knows her connection to Anakin. It's like she has this part of her life that she died and nobody else knew about. But um, so we have that. Anakin, you know, is in a suit forever. Like he's, and yes, he comes back to the light, but then he dies, you know, in, in, in Jedi. A reason why the prequels also hit just a new depth is that it's a tragedy. Like, no one's happy at the end. And so it just causes this emotional pain that is, you can't ignore that. That sits with you. And so it keeps you wanting to think about it and to like for me anyway I want to come back to it and make new connections because I just can't the end is just so tragic I know it's it leaves such a hole and I mean for the individual characters life is shit now right like Obi-Wan yeah. gets to go live in the desert and he, <laughs> I mean we saw in the Kenobi show he, he struggles with that for years afterwards Cabbage is dead Anakin's doing whatever um, well, not whatever. <laughs> He's stuck in a miserable suit where he can't even breathe by himself. <laughs> I know. Um, but at the same time, just the world has gone to shit too. Like no one's happy. You know, yeah. it's the, everybody's living under an authoritarian government. The only person that is happy is Palpatine and he is the main villain. Yes. So 
it's also it's the end of a story or it's the middle of a story and it's such a low and it, it leaves such a deep dark hole in my soul every time I watch it and even at the end of Jedi it's been you know Vader's redeemed and it's great but it's mel it's the more melancholy at the end of Jedi like and Star Wars is pain like there is it's yeah it's not no. a happy story and ever. another reason to defend the prequels is because they cause you to, they make you feel something like oh yeah you can't deny that the end of Revenge of the Sith it's really tragic even if you don't like the prequels that much the just the concept of the end of Revenge of the Sith is so tragic and so like you said when you go back through the originals I can't help but think about this the characters and how they got there and then at the end of I cry at the end of Jedi sometimes when like oh, Anakin me too. Yeah. What do you the Anakin's Force Ghost shows up and yeah. My God. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We obviously love the prequels and we will defend them until we go to our grave because <laughs> I also I am a firm believer that you can love, yeah, you can like or love things that are not considered great, like from an academic perspective. But we obviously have a lot of love for these movies, and I think that a lot of the fan base does too. And it's yeah. great to see that these movies are being appreciated more and more. There's so many they, good qualities that yeah. came from them. Yes, we have the prequels to thank for, I think, all of the Star Wars content we have now. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Sisters, Sabres, and Star Destroyers. Once again, I'm your host, Sam. And I'm your host, Maddie. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Till next time, may the force be with you.